Three, two, one. Unfortunately, no one can be told what Sardonicast is. You have to see it for yourself. <laughs> hey, everyone. This is Sardonicast. <laughs> and that was a quote from The Matrix. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was almost going to use the, like, way longer one, but then there was too much back and forth between Morpheus and Neo. It's going to be like, Sardonicast mm. is everywhere. It's all around us, even now in this very room. Well, I should have got Ralph to play Neo, and you could have been Morpheus. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, you should have given me a script. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm Adam from Your Movie Sucks. We could have just done the whole movie. <laughs> As the intro. Yeah, the next time we should script. do like a skit. Yeah. yeah, the entire B-movie script and every <laughs> B-word is replaced with sardonic That's, that's kind of that's unoriginal, Adam. We got to think of something a little more creative. Than okay, the yeah, that's all right. That's like the default meme. We got to think. Uh, Underdog? <laughs> that's a good one. Well, like uh, under the skin. Not everybody introduced themselves. Let's, let's do that first. Or maybe something really difficult. Like a social network. I'm Ralph from YouTube.com slash Ralph the Movie Maker, by the way. And I'm Alex from IHE, and I normally wait for Ralph to finish. So yeah, what, you guys, are you guys red-pilled <laughs> or blue-pilled then? <laughs> I'm, uh, uh, I'm which green-pilled. One's the, which one's the... <laughs> I'm, I'm purple-pilled, Which one's actually. the one that keeps you in the Matrix? Like I the one that's both. like in, set in the city, yeah? Um, okay. Yeah, the blue, the blue <laughs> pill keeps you in the Matrix... And you wake up. Yeah, I like that one more. Being like, wow, that was a weird dream. And the red pill, you uh, learn kung fu. <laughs> well, which one would you pick if you were in that situation? Um, yeah. I, I really highly doubt I would just be swallowing a random pill from a stranger in the first place. I don't think I would well, get the, that the far. The choice is free will, like you know the truth, or you live like the lie, but you're happy. The ignorance is bliss, as they say in the first well, one. Well, I mean... The, in the movie, he's given, like, no context as to what that means. He's like, oh, you ha just have to see it for yourself. He doesn't even give him, like, the gist of it. Yeah, they're very secretive. So, like, if I had <laughs> yeah, more I context of understanding, if I knew, like, oh, yeah, well, you'd be in a worse world, but you could, like, plug into the Matrix at any point in time and, you know, create your own codes and simulations and basically do whatever <laughs> you wanted as long as, you know, it's, yeah. it's temporary then I'd be like, hell yeah, I could do that. And just, you know. You would want more specifics before yeah. <laughs> making that If I knew I could plug yeah. into virtual reality at any point in time, then yeah. I'd totally mm -hmm. I'd totally choose the shittier world. The more honest <laughs> world. But I, I don't know what I would do without any context. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. It's a strange scenario to try and put yourself in. <laughs> it's very weird. So, uh... The boys are sick, apparently. Everybody's sick right now. Yeah, what's wrong yeah. with you, Ralph? Because I've, I've got a cough right now. I'm sort of like yeah. in that stage it's just where you're cold. waiting. A little yeah, cold. it's not too that's bad. It. Like my throat is like, it hurts, but that's it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. It's that time of year. I'll be, I'll be alive. <laughs> yeah. Some people die of the flu this time of year. It's very sad. Yeah. So we yeah. got it good. We should be thankful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, luckily I got my jabs this year. Yeah. Your jabs? Yeah, I got the flu jab or whatever. Oh, shots. Do you guys not get that? Jab. Yeah, I've shots. never heard that. I've never heard it say it said that way. <laughs> jab. <laughs> jab. Holy this shit. This keeps happening. I say a term that's <laughs> yeah. just normal to say here. And then you guys are like, a jab. What is wrong with you, you freak? <laughs> jab. Uh, well, you, you, if we had like an Australian on the podcast, it would be much worse. They've got so many weird <laughs> yeah. ways of saying things. A I flu just keep, jab. 
Yeah, you guys okay with needles? Yeah, I'm totally fine with needles. Yeah, it doesn't bug me either. If it was called a jab, it would kind of bother me. (laughs) Like, you you don't jab it in your fucking arm. Yeah, Yeah, they actually do kind of jab it with some force. Like they have to. (laughs) It's like a little movement that's quick, but jabbing it, (laughs) like like it's a like a serial killer stabbing someone. It's quite a violent word to choose. Yeah, yeah, Uh, which is why nobody chose it except you. And your your country. <laughs> it's still not as bad as calling biscuits cookies or whatever you guys do. At the... It's the opposite. Oh, right. Oh, the, yeah, the calling... opposite. Can I say it again? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I just forget it. All right. Just forget it. Yeah, I don't even understand it. Just Let's just move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so before we dive deep into the Matrix... I guess there are some some Golden Globe nominations out. Even though the Golden Globes don't matter, I, I figure Woo-hoo, we could give our right. thoughts on just That's a few cool of them. We'll, we see. won't go through all of them. Yeah. We won't give our thoughts on every movie. Uh, we'll just <laughs> say whether or not they feel justified, I guess. And also, anybody waiting for uh, us to talk about Marriage Story and... Uh, Oh, yeah. I guess we haven't talked about The Irishman either. And Knives mm-hmm. Out. No. Mm-hmm. That'll happen uh, That'll happen next episode, because I think this one's too too packed with, like, the four Matrix films. Yeah. And uh, we're mm-hmm. recording the next one early anyway, and we won't really be watching anything between, so... Uh, let's see. We got Best Motion Picture Drama. Nominations are 1917, The Irishman, Joker, Marriage Story, and The Two Popes. Okay. Whoa. Very interesting. That sounds about right to me, for like the Golden Globes. Is the Joker? Yeah. Joker's like the worst movie on that list. Um, have you seen? I haven't seen the two yet. popes yet, or nineteen seventeen. Mm-hmm. Oh, seventeen, my mistake. It does look quite good. I've heard good things. It's mm-hmm. it looks good by concept. The mm-hmm. director is like hit or yeah, miss. So I forget his name. Well, Sam Mendes. Sam Mendes. Yeah, not everything he makes is great. I think the only thing I not really yet. love from him is American Beauty. Uh, best motion picture, musical, or comedy. Uh, Dolomite is my name. Jojo Rabbit, Knives Out, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Rocket Man. Mm. I, I, I don't know. Right. Do, I don't like a lot of those films. Yeah. It's a weird selection. But... Or like they're kind of eh. A lot of average, mediocre films there. Surely that would just be the Tarantino Awards. Or... Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I, I watched Dolomite for about 20 minutes last night before I turned it off and was like, this is so boring. Oh, I watched, I watched the whole thing. It was, it was pretty good, but I, was so I don't bored. know if I would consider it. <laughs> yeah. It's really like blandly made. Yeah. And like not fun. It doesn't have like that black dynamite self-awareness and fun with the filmmaking. Yeah. Like that genre it's in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it oh, should have right. more so. Yeah. I don't um, know. It kind of <laughs> sucks. I'm just like yeah. I don't even I don't find Eddie Murphy that funny either from no. the beginning. Of. And he it didn't really seem like, like he was doing when anything they that different. Making the film, it was kind of he one of those like pretty good. The the marketing made it seem like it was one of those like Adam Sandler and uncut gems sort of thing. Like Eddie <laughs> Murphy is like doing mm-hmm. something like that's a real movie for the first time in 50 years or something. But yeah, he was kind of just doing the same thing with like slightly better production value, I guess. <laughs> he was pushing for like an Oscar nom. Yeah. He might get one. Probably not. Yeah. No uncut gems in any of these uh, best picture no- nominations, but that's enough. No. Safety Brothers never get anything. Yeah. <laughs> Good Time didn't get shit. Yeah. The Academy hates them. And also, yeah. 
I guess the so. Hollywood Foreign Press. <laughs> and then, so a lack of A24 movies, really. There's like no lighthouse. Yeah, the lighthouse is like, nowhere. Which is... No waves. Oh yeah, yeah, no waves. Stuff like that. No uncut yeah, gems. Waves, I think, should get like editing or like directing or something like that. Acting, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of great movies this year and a lot of things that that feel like they're missing. Yeah. Yeah, Marriage Story Meanwhile, is the like, only thing. Joker's there. It's like, because uh. they got to have that Elton John movie on there. Because it's yeah, like, they have people a... saw that movie or like Bombshell. Like that movie looks bad. <laughs> I saw that trailer. Sorry, it just doesn't look that good. <laughs> like Jesus. We'll just read a couple more. Animated feature film. <clears throat> here we go. Jesus Christ. There's nothing good here. <laughs> Frozen Two. How to Train Your Dragon: Ugh. The Hidden World. The Lion King. <laughs> Missing Link and Toy Story <laughs> 4. There's nothing good here. Was there a good animated movie this year? It's a weak list for sure. The fact that Lion King is on there is hilarious too. It's live action. <laughs> Missing Link was really mediocre. Toy Story 4, I know a lot of people like, but again, I don't think it was really anything that special. I'm really, really blanking though. Line it for sure. Yeah, and I've heard Frozen 2 isn't even... Like, I'm not going to go pay money for, to see that. It, yeah, it's not even, it's it doesn't not even have, like, a great critic or user rating, so it's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to be rushing to see it. Was there a good animated movie this year? Um, I quite liked that Netflix Christmas movie called Klaus. Okay, That's I haven't seen that. That's one I've seen. Wow. Uh, Avengers Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I I don't think there's much point in listing it, the rest, rest of these here. Yeah. They don't even do visual effects for this. I don't wow. think they know anything about movies. I think it's like a big it's such a yeah myopic little collection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Whatever. That's a good word to describe <laughs> it. All right. Well, <laughs> Golden Globes, everybody. I won't be watching. <laughs> yeah, none of us. I'll, will. Just, I'll just read through the list of winners later. The Golden Globes. Yeah, nobody gives a shit about the Golden Globes. Nobody. <laughs> Barely anyone cares about the Oscars, let alone this one. Yeah, I mean, the the numbers are dwindling. <laughs> the Golden Globes yeah, have just never been that relevant. The only time they were watchable was when Ricky Gervais hosted. That was awesome. Yeah, and just made funny. fun of everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was brutal. That was the was best. Called Mel Gibson an alcoholic. And yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> it was very funny. All right, so uh, let's just jump jump right into it. Oh, let's just jump into it. Uh, the Matrix. Let's do it. Spoilers for all the Matrix movies. We're going through one, two, three, and the Annie Matrix. What did you think of the Matrix, nineteen ninety nine, directed by oh the Wachowskis? We've all seen that before, right? Like yeah. Before. Yeah. How familiar were we all with this series before rewatching it this time? I've seen them roughly. a couple times before. I liked them, but like now this time, I watched all of them together in like one chunk. Mm -hmm. It ended up right. being two chunks, um, but like I separated it right down the middle. But yeah, I, I've always liked the movies, but revisiting them gave me like a new appreciation for them, kind of. Mm -hmm. um, but I've, they've never connected with me. I've never like loved them. So still, you've yeah. never, you don't really feel connected with them, or no. But I understand, like, like when I was younger, I always thought they were too goofy and like silly. But now I really, 
I love how much it embraces the camp of it, and I love the yeah. world it's set in, like the actual lighting. It's almost like noir-ish, but with green lighting, kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's cool the world they made. It's very. And I appreciate Asian it more now. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly that too. I see like the influences of that. the The bullet time effects are really cool and groundbreaking for that time. Incredibly. Um, yeah. So yeah. What about you, Alex? Yeah, I echo basically everything you just said, except. Uh, only for the first movie. I really d- do not like um, the sequels really at all. I think they kind yeah. of fail <laughs> on a storytelling <laughs> level. Um, mm-hmm. And it really... The Wachowskis claimed that they always planned for it to be a trilogy from the start, which mm-hmm. I just really do not buy. Really? Because the, the first Matrix is, is a... Yeah, I don't buy it. But <laughs> from the trajectory of the story... Well, I... Maybe like a loose thing, but like the the way it's it's like structured it like really doesn't seem like the two and three really <laughs> like fit in the same way yeah. the first one does the first one is a really complete little story and the way it ends is like yeah okay but you can and then they introduce the a lot of, of shit in the second oh one. yeah like a lot of characters mm. and whatever but... i i totally get what you mean um i'm willing to believe that they had always intended for a trilogy but that doesn't necessarily mean that the the first, second, and third movie and how they're structured was always going to be that way. Because they went up to Warner Brothers yeah. to try and get three movies funded initially, and they were like, hold on, hold on, we don't know who you are. <laughs> uh, let's just start with one movie. And perhaps because they, you know, they didn't get two and three funded, they kind of restructured and made this like perfect contained little movie and changed what two and three might have been if they had been you know yeah because they didn't they didn't know yeah, whether the fir- or not they the first would get part three. is the interesting part of the story yeah to me and two and three are just like yeah there's some interesting concepts in there but they they kind of fall flat on their face um for reasons we'll get into but should yeah. we just stick on the first one and kind of say yeah let's let's just like do them in order the yeah, first one. Yeah. as soon as i kind of embraced the because it is so inspired, especially by like, you know, I already mentioned like Asian influence, but especially like anime yeah. and that whole kind of vibe, Ghost in the Shell type stuff. And once you embrace the way it's directed kind of like a live action cartoon in that sense, like live action anime, you know, with the, it's, it's exaggerated, it's over the yeah. top. And that is what makes it good. It's it's really fun, energetic, um, creative in like the the way everything's presented. It's it's never boring. The pacing's very good, mm-hmm. and it's just an enjoyable universe. You said it already, Ralph. But the the world building is really interesting. The the world is is really kind of creepy, and once you find out all the layers, like it, it's a it's a fascinating concept. It's it's what I'd call a concept movie more than anything. It's not really about characters because when they try to develop them in later movies, it doesn't really go very well. But the, yeah. the enjoyment is like just the ride of Neo finding out the truth about the world that he lives in. And yeah, that is what makes the film really work as like a a one off piece, as yeah. it were. Yeah, one hundred percent. I um, I I really have always felt like close to to these movies. I grew up with them. I would just I would watch them all the time. I found them. This is your Star Wars. Cool. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's my Star Wars. You could say there are a lot of similarities. I thought with Star Wars, even mm-hmm. aside yeah. from the obvious it's like, like a hero's biblical- journey. Yeah, it's like a biblical epic, like that, the hero's yeah. journey, yeah. Yeah, and even just that kind of grimy aesthetic of everything. 
with mm-hmm. you know the like ships battles and everything and the droids and all the mechanical aspect kind of stuff i thought was reminiscent yeah. they tried to do the world building of kind of like star wars did mm-hmm. i just think for me anyway the reason why i like the first one the most is because it's set the most actually in the matrix in like our world but it has these exaggerated like superhero elements and that's the stuff i enjoyed yeah. the most the sequels start to focus less on that which i didn't like um also this movie has a great cast I yeah. think that's really what yeah. holds it together, because like Keanu Reeves is fucking great in this role. It's like it's iconic. He's appropriate, but he's for not the role, like for sure. Exactly, he he's appropriate. appropriate. He like fits. I like him a lot. Yeah, and like Lawrence Fishburne's fucking great. Hugo Weaving is amazing. Yeah, he's like one of the best villains maybe he's ever. Chewing the scenery is big time. Yeah, but it is he's glorious so good. To watch. So good. Even yeah. in the sequels, he's good. Oh yeah, every time he's in it, it is a, a better moment in in like the franchise. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's kind of funny, but campiness he's is hilarious. you know it's it's fun. <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. it doesn't detract too much. And he's a very like intimidating villain. Mm-hmm. Like he's a serious threat. This guy who can like fucking morph mm-hmm. into anyone and do anything. You're like scared of him. Uh, it, it's, it's like really a paranoid works. movie. Like you never feel safe in that world, and it mm-hmm. does really add to the tension, especially with that crucial aspect they add where. They establish that you can, if you die in the Matrix, you die in like reality. Mm-hmm. Without that, the stakes wouldn't feel very grounded, and you'd get into that kind of Ready Player One type vibe. What oh, I think yeah. the sequel yeah. was getting to a little bit at points, where you're just like, okay, what, what are the rules? There are like clearly defined rules, and they stick to them for the most part. You only get hurt if you're stupid enough to purchase the bodysuit that hurts you. <laughs> <laughs> Like the villain did for no reason. <laughs> oh, Ready Player One. Another thing that I think elevates it over the sequels is the um, the aspect of the the like betrayal of that character who like he hates reality and he's like this sucks. I, I just want to go back to being in the Matrix and just like, ignorance mm-hmm. is bliss. I think he yeah. literally says it like that. Totally, that's a sense. really interesting character to me, and it really explores the like ideas of the this whole like Matrix, which again it's like kind of, kind of lacking in the sequels to me and it adds like a that like dilemma where you ask yourself yeah what would i do this how we open this episode like what would you do and you can you can really see his motivation despite him being a, a cock or whatever yeah mm-hmm. it's a very philosophical movie in many ways and yeah that's what i've always loved about it you know it makes you it makes you think about your own reality and think about your own mm-hmm. situation and I like I like the overall concept of of like the world being fake and you know like breaking through into yeah. something else and like you're being controlled man you know like yeah, this is like, like the first yeah, movie to kind of have that right like, Sorry? or at least popularized it this is the first movie to have that element in it like oh this is like a a fake computer world a virtual reality world made by ai um in that specific way i think truman show yeah. came before this and that's kind of almost mm-hmm. that's kind of it it's not like a computer simulation but there are all sorts of influences that have dabble with this kind of concept but it's kind of taking all these yeah. different ideas and yeah this is something totally original voice yeah yeah exactly and like this inspired tons of other movies this inspired inception and stuff mm-hmm. like that oh yeah it, the, the matrix is, is very influential and has is obviously inspired by a lot of other things like you said anime you could even say like blade runner from a lot of the 
um, yeah, I was thinking that dystopian future sort of setting. It popularized like bullet time and slow mo. Tons oh, yeah. of fucking action movies so did that after. Yeah, yeah. Even parodies like did it. What a lot of people might not appreciate about this movie is like because it is so influential. If you watch it without the understanding that this is the first in a, in a, a long series of movies that imitated it. <laughs> then you understand like yeah. it, it's like trying to criticize die hard for the the same tropes that a lot of action movies have but die hard was the mm -hmm. one that made those tropes mm -hmm. so in the yeah, same know, sense exactly the matrix pretty much invented a, a lot of a lot of what you see in it like the bullet time the the when ev everything stops and then the camera pans around while time is frozen like in order to to yeah. achieve that they literally had like this spiral sequence of like 50 or 100 cameras or something that all took a picture mm -hmm. at the exact same time and then basically used a computer software to interpret the images that are in between each camera even though they're like the cameras were right next to each other there's still frames like that need to be interpreted in between kind of the yeah. same way that motion smoothing works on like modern televisions now and that was just such a mm -hmm. cool revolutionary effect for the time. And like there were there were a yeah, lot of things that they did good. in this movie where they were filming it and they didn't quite know exactly how it was going to look until they did it. They shot like different variations <laughs> of each scene being like, okay, well, if this effect doesn't work, we have a backup. But a lot of it just turned out great. Mm -hmm. They were doing like experimental filmmaking in like a big budget action movie. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, at true. the end you of the day, this is an action movie, and it totally delivers on that, which I don't think we've said. But like the action scenes are fucking great, and they're exciting, yeah. and they do tons of stuff like that, like really groundbreaking technical things that had never been done at that point that make these scenes so much more interesting to watch. Yeah, it's incredibly well shot too. Yeah, the CGI yeah, no, is pretty it's... good, or like the visual effects, most of them. Yeah, like, and the none of it's really dated. Yeah, that's shot. Cool. It's all very wide. You can see everything. And that's what I like about Keanu Reeves specifically is he may not be the best uh, actor's actor type, but I think he's really good as a physical performer. And in mm -hmm. fight scenes, he's excellent. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, uh, the cast went through four months of martial arts training before they even started filming. Like, mm -hmm. it was very you see him intense. become a better fighter like as the movie goes along, and that's cool. Like at the end, Neo is fighting uh, Agent whatever, mm -hmm. and he's like got one hand behind his back. He's blocking him with the other. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's yeah, so cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah I it's think what also really helps the action sequences is the music. Like the score is great, one hundred percent amazing score, mm -hmm. and also the licensed Excellent. music too. There weren't that many movies before this that were using that kind of like, what do you what do you even call the genre? Kind of like, not quite industrial, but like kind of like alternative rock, like early two thousands, late nineties like kind of music. <laughs> house music. I wouldn't call it house music. This it's like yeah. Uh, yeah. What's that? It genre? does almost sound like dance music called. sometimes. <laughs> I don't know, but there, there's this specific. It, it's like it, plucked from a very small moment in time. This, this specific kind of rock, and then after the Matrix, then everybody started using it. You, you would see it in like the original Raimi Spider-Man trailer. You'd, you'd see the same genre 
basically oh, being right, shown yeah. in like kind of action movies from that point on. But it was really cool for the time, and it fit very, very well. A lot of the a lot of the soundtrack choices are just so iconic and influential. Like they fit so well with the scene. And although sometimes they can be seen as like a little cheesy, that's more of it just being like kind of dated and like I said, too many things and that's just kind what of imitating the, uh, it. Like the nineties to early two thousands were like as well. That's just what was cool. Yeah. <laughs> the I fact still that love it is the music. embracing that goofy tone cool. is what makes it work. Yeah. Like it's not trying to be too serious mm-hmm. about it. And it still has those cheesy early 2000s moments like that. <laughs> like the techno music, the fucking sunglasses and the leather jackets as they're going around like down to down to down. Like yeah. it's really silly, but <laughs> it's fun. It's fun to watch. Yeah, I, I do think it has some issues though. Like we've been really positive so far, but I think uh-huh. there are elements that are dated, um, especially Shut when up. it comes to some of the visual effects. <laughs> I think anyway. a lot of the CG is pretty noticeably bad like whenever they showed um those those robots those flying robot squid things i thought they looked uh pretty you dated say noticeably me. bad but you mean dated though right because i don't think any of it looks bad <sighs> i don't know it looked kind of bad to me i was taken really? out of it because of how bad it looked okay yeah. like because yeah, i mean like really I, I can i can look at it and be like well that's cg but i don't think it was like inappropriately used for the time I'm trying to think of like better ways they could have filmed. Those I think sections. I think the sequels are um are leaking in a little bit right now because because the first movie was such a like experimental like pushing the boundaries of technology type movie. Mm-hmm. They continue to do that in the sequels, and it's, it was just it's a case of the more you learn and the more they kept expanding on this, it kind of like just gradually was ruining the first movie more for me more and more. Flew too close to the sun. Yeah, it's like, okay, so you're just introducing new things and new characters that are just, they're not really improving anything, and I kind of liked this little gem before you were, like, mm-hmm. putting cracks in it type thing. Yeah. Mm. And some of the dialogue, too, I thought was, like, <laughs> like there's a certain level of goofiness where it's mm. like, okay, that's appropriate for this tone, and but it, there are a couple of points where I thought the dialogue just goes, like, too far with, like, the silliness of it. The, the standout being uh, the uh, not like this, not like this I moment. love that line. I love that line, and I, I care <laughs> I like so much line. about the characters there. I like the line, but I, I, I'm i not crazy about the delivery. Really? It, it didn't sell it to me. Yeah, because I, I love I, that I, moment. it's, like, I'm a really so shocking moment, it. and I think the moment is what's shocking. I'm not sure if it's really the delivery of the line that makes it impactful for me i i yeah i I don't i don't agree with you there i don't know why maybe it's just because like i've always had like a an emotional connection to that scene maybe it's just like my nostalgia goggles or whatever scene but yeah it's just that aspect i'm not crazy about i'll say that worked for me i think the shocking factor is like what makes it work well yeah also Mm -hmm. like every character that dies in this film which is not something that's consistent throughout the whole series but in this film in particular Mm -hmm. every character that dies is somebody you care about in my opinion somebody i care about when somebody dies i'm like no damn it story again like it's not like oh i don't give a shit yeah i'd agree in that moment where it's like oh well several of them are just killed off right away like even though you bear you don't know too much about them but they're still like they're still likable characters you know, you don't want them they're to the go. They're the good guys. You know, they're good guys. Yeah. 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 I really, I really liked that moment for sure. We didn't really talk too much about the um, 
the color palettes. Mm, very stylish, mm. very distinct. Well, yeah, I, I think that it's really clever how they um, differentiated the Matrix and the real world by having like the mm -hmm. green color palette versus the blue. And that actually also influenced how they were shooting it because with a lot of blue in the environment, they would use a green screen. And with a lot of green in the environment, they would use a blue screen just so that <laughs> they could actually film it properly. Of course, yeah. Without, you know, the, the chroma keying or uh, whatever kind of like bleeding into the actual environment. Yeah. I, I like the look of the Matrix more than like the real world in it. The real world just kind of looked like James Cameron, like Terminator, kind of alien inspired. Yeah. Like the Matrix world felt more, ins that felt more interesting mm -hmm. and original. Mm -hmm. I'd agree with that. The way they shot it. I love the reflections in the glasses, especially. There's like a lot of emphasis on that. And I think you can see the camera at some point in, the, oh, yeah. in their glasses in the reflection. Yeah, you can see yeah, it in the doorknob. But most of the time, it's, they, they, they hide the, it pretty uh, well. When they go to the Oracle, you can see it in the doorknob for a second. There's a ton of yeah. like, I guess like IMDB level goofs in this movie. <laughs> yeah, little but... things like that. Nothing that would yeah, take away too from distracting. it. Yeah. This this movie is flawed for sure. Um even story-wise, <laughs> it's pretty flawed. Like it there's a lot of things about it that just do not make sense <clears throat> when you start to think about them. Like the aliens, sorry, the robots, <laughs> uh the machines are using human bodies as batteries. That doesn't make any sense because that's not like just just yeah. basic thermodynamics. You're not going to get more energy than what you put into it. Like, and why human beings and not like another animal, you know, like are human beings the most efficient at, at producing energy yeah, and you, like they don't that. produce energy. That doesn't hole. make any sense. And also, why would you need them to be asleep in the matrix in order for you to actually use them as batteries? That doesn't make any sense, but it's a good setup for like the concept and what gets explored both entertainment wise and philosophically right the movie wouldn't exist without yeah, it's it it's a so framing it's like forgivable device i guess that's but like shocking it really just yeah. does not make any sense when you start to think about it yeah. like that's just what makes just it illogical. unique it, it, that's just what makes the story happen yeah they, yeah, that pro they prioritize yeah. the reveal of that over it making like logical sense yeah i suppose because like for them that was not their priority like they wanted action scenes and they wanted like a swift story with like a hero's journey in it yeah that's what happens with like a lot of it's what happened with like terminators like why don't they just go back even farther in time to like before humanity started they or just kill lucy like the first human mm -hmm. it's like if you yeah. just keep digging this rabbit hole of like these science fiction concepts it, you're gonna make your brain hurt they will well, fall apart yeah. time yeah, travel is an unwinnable apart. game unless you're like yeah time travel is special or, or, oh, yeah. Like, monkeys. Yeah, yeah yeah but um <laughs> What I find particularly crazy about this movie is, like, it is incredibly exposition-heavy. Throughout the entire movie, it's just, like, exposition, oh, yeah. exposition, exposition, action scene, exposition. But it's not boring. And, you like, even after you see it multiple times, the way that the exposition is delivered, there's new scenes. There's new stakes every time that something is being revealed. You know, they, it, it's cleverly shot when they go into the matrix and neo and and morpheus are in this like white room and then it goes into the tv and shows like the destruction of the environment with the fake clouds by the humans or whatever and 
Like mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. It, it it just information being delivered, but it's so interesting and watchable at the same time. And there's very few movies that are able to pull that off properly. Mm-hmm. It's like a lightning in a bottle like type movie where you, if you take every element independently and really analyze them, you will find flaws. But as a whole package, it just does really work. Yeah, there's a there's a lot that I love about this movie. Just this uh, <coughs> constant like. <coughs> reinforcement in his fake world that he's just another cog in the machine and yeah wake up sheeple yeah bad stuff they, they put so much detail into it it's insane yeah the way like it, i i would highly recommend uh watching through like all the special features for this movie there was actually um a documentary called the matrix revisited that is really really interesting that is just just focuses on the first movie but mm. you should totally watch that because there's a lot of scenes and sequences where, like, honestly, I had no idea that they actually filmed them that way, but it makes so much sense. And it was so clever for the time. Um, just like the helicopter save Morpheus scene, like, they actually had this huge physical, like, backdrop <laughs> of this city. Like, they built, like, a gigantic set and had this, like, part of a helicopter lowered by, like, a crane and. Oh, it's just so cool. I love what they did. It's a movie that's very close to my heart. Yeah. Do you think it, when it came out, it inspired like a whole wave of like Matrix truthers? Um, you thought we lived oh, in the yeah. Matrix? Probably. I think it definitely <laughs> did that. Yeah. Yeah, if people like when Avatar came out, they were like obsessed with... The Na'vi. That well, that's just because like, they yeah. wanted to fuck guy, like, the like killed himself to be resurrected Navis. as a Na'vi. <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah, like someone want to have sex with them. It's like humans but like bigger eyes. <laughs> so I can I can like relate to them more. Surely the matrix inspired yeah. quite a few leather fetishists. Surely. I guess probably. <laughs> it always has to get sexual. <laughs> I mean like what what are the two strongest forces in the human body? Like sex drive and not wanting to die. <laughs> Like those, those, those are the only two things that humans ever really think about. <laughs> Everything else is just derivative of those two. Anyway, what would you guys give the first Matrix if we're done talking about that? We want to move on to the next one. I'd probably give it like a four star for me. Mm-hmm. Um, every time I revisit it, I do respect it a bit more, but unfortunately, I do find a couple more flaws each time too. But it's still always really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like three star for me. I'm going to stick with that. It's never... There's parts of it that I just don't find engaging at all, mainly when they're not in the Matrix. But there's a lot of elements I like about it a lot, and I appreciate it. Uh, So, yeah, three. Three out of five. I'm giving this one a nine out of ten. I love it. It's flawed, but I love it despite its flaws. I think that it more than makes up for it. Very revolutionary. Very impactful. Very well put Definitely. together movie. It's, it's it's a classic, and it's a classic for a reason. Yeah, it is. And you know what the the one piece of Matrix uh, media I hadn't seen that I'm watching this time really did actually improve not only the sequels but the first movie a lot for me. I'm glad this being the Animatrix. Should we just move on to the Animatrix then? Do we want to do that? So you watched it in? I, I yeah, in the order. You okay, said yeah, to let's. We in. can talk about the Animatrix mm-hmm. before we or talk about the sequels to do then. Last, because uh, yeah, I think this would be the 
I guess I didn't say this at the when I recommended it last time, but this would be the ideal watching order is one Animatrix and then Reloaded Revolutions. But I didn't really realize that until I watched through all of them again this time anyway. Um, yeah. Because there's a lot of interesting and basically necessary context from the Animatrix yeah. that makes the experience better for the sequels especially. <laughs> Uh, so what did, what did you guys think of the uh, Animatrix? I yeah, watched it seen last. It before, bro? So, no, never saw it before. So yeah, I I've watched it dead it dead last. So I was really out of it <laughs> at this point. Uh, and I had no idea out, what was going yeah. on. Because <laughs> I had lost track of what the fuck was going on in the story at this point. Ah, shit. Um, it was okay. <laughs> it was okay. Damn it. <laughs> Again, I watched this one last. So I was really... I don't think I could go- give a good review of it. <laughs> Oh, that sucks. We don't have to stay long on it because there are. I thought there there was one particular standout of the anthology, that mm-hmm. being the what's it called, the Second Renaissance Part One and Two. Yeah. I thought were like essential world building basically mm-hmm. for the whole trilogy. Um, that really added a lot of depth to me for the the antagonistic force that is these like machines because they make them a bit more sympathetic they really dive into how that that whole concept of um like darwinian evolution and the natural progression of how a machine type race would like you know use humans and what that's where the like logic i suppose of them using humans as batteries is by not making any sense and all the like silly stuff like like humans to defeat the 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 robots they like blacken out the sky mm-hmm. and and like i don't know how any life could even exist once after doing that yeah just have the humans are really turn yeah, some things off <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there's, there's certain elements like that in the whole series where you do just have to kind of accept that it's just kind of well like bad writing really like it's just dumb <laughs> um but it, it it does win you back more often than not yeah um, at least in the first and with with some of these shorts uh, in the first short which was like this weird uncanny valley like fight scene that was all like cg and stuff i i really wasn't uh enjoying it very much i was like really this is Th- that first one's <laughs> just kind of like it reminded me of uh like rogue one a little bit but okay much worse and i was like oh, are they all going to be like this but then i think all of them after that are 2d animation with a bit of cg thrown in here and there but I really liked the 2D stuff. I, I think it opened with the the CG one at the beginning because for the time, that was great looking CG. Yeah, I was thinking was like, that. Is that real? You know, like it, it was the same basic experience as like Final Fantasy of the Spirits Within. It's like, holy crap, I've yeah, never seen it, anything it was, like this before. Me Is that the that. one with like the sword fight? Yeah, where they're like stripping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like, it looks, yeah, it looks like a naked? PlayStation 2 cutscene. It's, yeah, like oh, it's not a PlayStation fight. 2 cutscene. Come on. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's, it's so it's much better than a PlayStation, PlayStation 3 cutscene. PlayStation 3, PlayStation 3. Like late generation <laughs> PlayStation 3. I don't know. Like Late generation. Yeah. It's definitely uncanny. GTA though, 5. Like, like it's age. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's it, But, yeah, but it looked age, great yeah. for the time. Yeah. It's really cheesy at the beginning of it, <laughs> for sure. Kind of gets a little better Super as it goes cheesy. along. But um, <laughs> yeah, not one of my favorites out of, out of all of them. That's for sure. But after that one's over, the, the the varied styles of animation were just on their own worth watching, I thought. 
to me even if some of them didn't have the most engaging stories but yeah for the most part they tended to have pretty good hooks like they're all short little stories aside from the the uh, renaissance one which is a bit longer well yeah and, and they do like a good job of building up some of those characters and exploring the the gaps that uh, at the end of matrix one and your imagination goes wild because and and they're like a the throwaway lines that are in matrix one about like oh you, you know like when there's a but they explain what like a, a like ghosts are or whatever, or like what a glitch is and all that yeah. kind of like throwaway dialogue. They kind of delve into that and it really helps the world building and make it a lot more interesting mm-hmm. um with some of the some of the shorts, especially that Renaissance one, I thought. Yeah. I I think that like overall the entire Animatrix film is really, really fitting for what the Matrix universe is. Because there's a lot of different stories mm-hmm. you could explore. And a lot of situations where you wouldn't want to make a full movie out of it anyway. Where you just want to be like, okay, yeah. well, what about this? What about what if this happened? You know, what if someone almost woke up? What if there was a glitch in this one area that, you know, kids found and blah, 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 blah. Where it's like you wouldn't really want that developed into a full film. But having these shorts, and especially having it you know, in different styles of, of anime, I, I feel is really fitting, especially mm-hmm. because of how inspired by anime the original Matrix exactly. is. So it's like, okay, this is perfect. A lot of the imagery worked even better, I thought, um, in, in the 2D animation yeah. than um, some of the stuff that from the from the sequels more so. A lot of the imagery in the, the Animatrix is really, like, brutal and fucked up. Like, especially in the it second really Renaissance. It is violent. Where, like, the, the guy gets ripped out of his mech suit and becomes an instant quadriplegic and like yeah what about that robot that's like screaming oh yeah like, i i'm alive <laughs> while they're like staring into pieces yeah. it's like really actually disturbing that stuff it's very extreme and like manipulative in that way but it, it does work yeah that's yeah, great I, I i think i mentioned this in the uh our discussion on ai but i really love movies that delve into this idea of of like what is consciousness what is being alive you know if you if you build up artificial intelligence to a certain degree and it becomes indistinguishable then what really what what's to Mm -hmm. say that's not as legitimate as our own consciousness as our own emotions if they're indistinguishable from an action reaction sort of perspective the second renaissance is the same director as the uh anime section in uh, Kill Bill Volume 1, which is cool. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Cool. That makes sense. After watching uh, the Animatrix more recently, um, I feel like I appreciated it a lot more. When I watched it uh, when I was younger, I, you know, I definitely enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy most of the segments. I would just enjoy a couple of them and just kind of feel bored by some of the other ones, but now I just... You know, like right. appreciating the different styles and the different concepts. I, I feel like I got more out of it as an adult. Yeah, I love the uh, like civil rights symbolism, <laughs> the Million Machine March. Yeah, and very like, political. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's Which really worked, I thought. Really great. The energy along with the visuals. Yeah, let's... I, I, I have them all like listed on my, my notes here. Uh, what did you think of uh, Kid's Story? That's, that was the rotoscope one, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Rotos, was that? Yeah, I really like that one. Was that rotoscope? Well, it, it it seemed like a combination to me. It it looked like that kind of style yeah, to me, like tower, more, more so than some of like the others. That. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. 
You don't think so? You don't think the the same motion seemed the kids story? The the kids story one was the 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 same. It's the same character (laughs) as the guy that that collects ammo in the sequels, where he's like, "Thanks for saving me, Neo." Um, it's like the mm-hmm. only is that all from yeah. yeah 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 and he like yeah 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 that's that's the, the same one I'm thinking oh. of right it's it's hyper stylized but I, I thought the motion sure. was too, it, the animation was just simply too it was too realistic I don't know how else they could have achieved hmm. it because it would have just taken I don't know I might watch <laughs> maybe it again it's just such incredible that. animation but yeah I thought it was a, I thought it was a good one because that character um, is not good when he shows up in the movies and his backstory is is actually really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it made it. I, I think knowing where the character came from helps with the character in the sequels. Yeah, yeah. Again, I, I'd seen it after, so oops. <laughs> I was introduced to that character in Matrix Two. <laughs> He's just like an annoying fanboy. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't like, stand the fuck that is him? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. That that uh, at this point, I think um, the uh, second Renaissance is probably my favorite. When I was younger, I think Kid's Story was my favorite. Just because I like the style, right. I like the music, and it appealed to me. Just like this, like man, I don't belong in the world, and I'm I'm a young teen. I'm gonna jump off yeah, my yeah. <laughs> school, and kill myself, <laughs> sort mm-hmm. of thing. And that kind of appealed to me when I was younger. But yeah, it's still good. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, then we got program the ninja setting one, kind of stylized. Yeah, like, I thought the animation was very impressive on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, where they were like animating like slow motion and stuff, and it all looked very, very detailed and elegant. Yeah, I don't have much to say. But about I didn't. That I don't one, know. But... The story wasn't that like yeah. the conflict was like the exact same as the first movie, pretty much. Yeah. Like it wasn't that unique of a of a story particularly. Mm-hmm. There's a little twist at the end, which was it was a test. Neat, but yeah, it added it added something at least. If it just ended and that was that, it would have been kind of lame. But mm-hmm. there was some reveal at the at the very least. Uh, we got world record person that like almost breaks through oh, yeah. and then was that doesn't... a character who shows up in two or three or is no it, i don't think so because they almost broke through and then they okay. kind of like got lulled back into being asleep oh yeah i wasn't sure by the like a ambiguous sort of ending it had but yeah i yeah. think I, I i don't think that was a character that that we see later yeah i didn't recognize him but yeah the animation was really yeah, weird again, in cool this concept. one <laughs> Yeah. At points it looked great. Yeah, it was very, very stylized. At other People points it very, looked really silly. Weird. The... Yeah, he was like, str- I think they were trying to like accentuate that kind of like digital, like warped, it's not real type thing mm. or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. Beyond was like the glitch zone one. Yeah, the glitch one. What do you think of that? I liked it. Exploring that concept was, was neat. But beyond that, it's not, you know that memorable to me did you recognize the voice of uh bobby hill as one of the kids no i didn't yeah <laughs> oh hang on no i did actually okay no i did yeah because they were they were using a lot of um, voice actors through all of them that i was or voice talent i was recognizing throughout i even noticed spongebob in one of them i think in the first one tom kenny's in there <laughs> and then we got two more we got uh a detective story the noir one the black and white I like that it explored like this kind of, I guess, idea of like, okay, like, what would happen if someone like Trinity tried to wake someone up, but the agents got to them first and they just wound up dying. <laughs> yeah. It's like unsuccessful. Oops. Yeah. It, I thought the whole animatrix as a package kind of increased the stakes for me in the universe. 
Like it, it really shows like how much they've like failed trying to get to the point they're at and mm-hmm. the struggle. It really emphasizes the struggle and like the brutality of it all. Yeah, and it it really is like quite genuinely disturbing. Um, if if that kind of concept gets your brain whirring, which I yeah. really enjoyed. If about. if the lore is interesting to you, these movies are they're cool. Yeah, it's it's yeah. cool seeing that there's much more going on than just what's happening with Neo. Yeah, because that especially I keep going back to the Renaissance one, but that it, it felt almost like. You know the beginning of the first Lord of the Rings, where it's just like a bunch of exposition, like essential exposition to give this really extensive backstory. It's really similar to that, and it and mm. it expands on the world in a, in a similar way. All right, and the last one of the Animatrix was called Marticulated, which had like an interesting, the strangest one. Oh yeah, that one creeped me out when I was younger. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty trippy. Yeah, it was really disturbing. <laughs> What a psychedelic imagery. Me. Yeah. Like when the <laughs> when it turns into like Looney Tunes for a little second. <laughs> it's just like what's yeah. what is going on? <laughs> it's a weird drug trip. Yeah, it's kinda like Aeon Flux style. Yeah. An interesting like 2D and 3D cell shaded blend also. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With these like they were exploring the idea of like flipping the original Matrix on its head, sort of, of humans like reprogramming yeah. robots to yeah, to do their bidding, mm-hmm. which is like, it's almost too far ahead of itself in a way. It, it, it The hook of the story didn't really work as well mm-hmm. for me on this one, especially because like the, the, the robot designs, were, were they actually in any of the movies? Like a, it was like a custom uh, one Yeah, just I think there were new ones for this, but... Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. It, was, it... <laughs> it didn't really feel like The Matrix. Yeah, I guess that was <laughs> that my was problem with it. it. It did feel yeah. way more kind of cartoonish, kind of uh-huh. uh, an animated. It was just its own thing. The 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 yeah, very much so. The little monkey thing in the orange yeah, chamber was, was like Death Stranding, and it it alerted them yeah, where the where the bad guys were. <laughs> it's like the same thing, and they all got brutally murdered. Oops. Some some of the some of the shorts were stronger than others, but. Watching it as an adult at this point, I feel like there's no bad ones. None of them I would consider bad. I enjoyed all of them. Yeah. Yeah. At worst, they're just like mediocre or forgettable. But the ones that are good do really enhance the world Mm -hmm. if you enjoy the first one, especially. They're like solid lore movies. Yeah. I've never been like a fan of those. They had them for the new Blade Runner too, Blade Runner 2049. Like I oh, thought yeah. those were okay. These are much better than Yeah, those I think these are much were. better. But yeah, some yeah. of these, like especially the CG animated ones, like the dated computer graphics. Yeah, yeah. Um, that took well, me out of it. Yeah. yeah, there's quite a few um, kind of like anime anthology compilations <laughs> that exist out there. Have you seen the Halo mm-hmm. one? Yeah, I saw the Halo one. That one's mostly forgettable that one's not yeah, great it's nowhere near as good as uh as this one yeah love death and robots love death and robots <laughs> would is you count something like that good it's um, kind of like this yeah it's more of like so there's some really series, there are some awful episodes I, I thought of that yeah <laughs> they're more connected in theme not the world or I yeah mean, i like that more it gives you a little more freedom I, I i would say the animatrix is probably my favorite anime anthology sort of collection mm-hmm. yeah it's the best one I've seen. What would you give it out of 10? Or out of 5? Um, I'd probably give it three and a half stars, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with I you. I was going to say, it's got to be out of 10. I'm uh, 7 uh, out of 10. I don't know if I can even rate it. It's like a, it's just a bunch of animated shorts. It's 3 out of 5 if it's your thing. 
Okay. <laughs> well, it didn't really engage me though. Like, I was like, uh, I have no fucking idea what's going on. Some of them look okay. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. All right. Now we get to live action again, right? Yeah. Go back right. to real Let's life. Let's get back to the. Let's the, get out uh, of the Matrix. The Empire Strikes Back of the Matrix movies. <laughs> the Empire Strikes can, Back. Can we talk about um, the the titles and how much it bugs me? Because I yeah. can never remember which ones comes first and second Reload. because they're both words that begin with R, and they're both. <laughs> <laughs> they're both yeah. words that like don't really they're like video game titles you know like they both Assassin's came out Creed the same year and they came out the same year so it's so hard to know it? which one uh, is really like, one it is like identical yeah so, it's yeah. just fucking green three people in trench coats <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's uh. but yeah reloaded that one came first yeah mm-hmm. and it's it's generally considered all right it's not it's not considered you know like attack of the clones or something like that mm-hmm because it, it still kind of delivers on like the action on the action premise, yeah, yeah kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's kinda. a car chase in this movie that I think is great. I just think that's it's probably the great. best sequence. Like it's so much fun. Yeah, I don't know, not as memorable as the first one in that respect either. Yeah, for sure. I, f- I find this one the most boring. Like, th- oh, yeah? we're going to talk about the third one, obviously, but I find this one really dull, and I can't really pinpoint what it is in in particular. I think it's just because. After the first me- movie, Neo just is not interesting to me after that point. He's already completed his arc, really. <laughs> yeah, and like yeah. he just randomly, when it's convenient to the script, he gets like a new type of power Jesus that can get now. him out of some situation. Yeah, all the, all the religious imagery is really on the nose and annoying, and he gets he has to have this romantic relationship with Trinity, which I just think is so, so poorly developed. I just don't mm-hmm. buy it. Like the explanation for like her explanation for why she loves him, and whenever they try to justify it, is it's just so weak. Any time they do it, I just didn't buy their relationship and why she cared beyond him just being Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I love you because you're just so ridiculous. The story about, says I guess. so. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. the story and because we need a love story in our epic trilogy type thing, and that's a lot of the movie. The writing feels a little rushed in the sequels. Yeah. I think I would actually agree with you that this one is the most boring, but I I, I would say it's still probably better than the Revolution. It is, uh, yeah. It's just it it's just less me- memorable for sure. Yeah, the, like the only things I remember <laughs> sure. are the car chase and and the PS2 cutscene where they were <laughs> fl- flinging around like a million Smith agents. <laughs> There's like a million Agent Smiths. Which like, I, I, I really feel like that's cool like for that the time. I kind though. of like that scene. It's yeah, so I fun. I kind of like that scene. Even though it's, it's, it's obvious that like a, there's a lot of body doubles and there's a lot of CGI. I think that scene is kind of cool. Yeah. I like, like it. Um, I like it in concept. Visually? Yeah, yeah, I like it visually and I think in like a in a more... What's the best way to put it? If if it was in like one of these two D animated things, I don't think it would bug me at all. But I think it is just the age nature of it now, and and it does go on for a long time. Like yeah, like, the the point of the scene from a storytelling perspective is more just to show off effects than it is anything else. And then and then they just get fed up with it, and he just flies away. <laughs> like, yeah, goodbye. It, it's kind of frustrating <laughs> from that aspect. Yeah. yeah, the scene could have been thirty seconds, and it would have been the same. Yeah, they like storyboarded this ridiculous. <laughs> fight scene that just goes on and on. It's kind of like a George Lucas thing. With the it's like the prequels. pod race of the movie, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the lightsaber fight at the end of Revenge of the Sith, where it's yeah. like fucking yeah. too much. There was also some uh, CG that I thought was worse in its implementation than the first movie. Because it wasn't as restrictive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like the 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 ghost characters that like kept turning into like these the Olsen twins. You know the ones. 
The twins, yeah. But like, I thought that effect was so goofy. Yeah, I don't like, like the, them. The first movie really has that perfect balance where it it somehow avoids going to that kind of level, that like B movie sort of tier. Yeah, it's very type. grounded. Yeah, they don't yeah. do a lot of crazy shit in that one. I, I mean, no. they do. Agent Smith does especially, but it's just a lot of jumping around, just shooting a lot. You know, slow motion. Like it's it sort very of becomes Dragon Ball Z, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, a little too anime. With the twins. Mm-hmm. The CG goofy <laughs> twins, yeah. yeah. I didn't like that element. There, there's some parts of this where it's like, I don't know. Like, like If you took the same overall story of the sequels, but you, instead of filming it as these movies, you had them literally as an anime, might have worked better. Might have felt more appropriate Yeah. in terms of, like, I guess, you know, the cheesy campiness and also, I guess, the visuals to some extent. Mm-hmm. I think what what engages me anyway is not the world of these Matrix movies, like or the the real world. I like the fake one that they live in a little bit. Yeah. Um. So but you like, like the Keymaster, you like the Oracle yeah. and all that. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I can't stand that stuff. <laughs> They're programs. Um, yeah, but at least it was like grounded, like just real people, like original. I don't know. <laughs> they're stuck in an, in a difficult situation with the first movie is about finding out the truth and so by the end of that movie you discover that neo in his reality he he's not the same as he is in in the in the matrix he doesn't have the power he has different vulnerabilities in like the real world mm-hmm. so they have to add stakes to the real world stuff and as well as trying to now explain this digital world which we know technically isn't real but they also have to make that compelling as well and, and give excuses to keep going back into it despite us already knowing <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it's so much and i think like what works for me about these movies is the filmmaking aspect like the look of it and the action scenes and like just this the first story that like simple uh hero discovers himself mm-hmm. average guy discovers he's the greatest thing and saves the day like and now it's become about like just elaborating on this world and all these characters and that's not what i enjoyed about the first movie at all and yeah. the third one especially really becomes about that shit <laughs> yeah they tr- they tried to instead of making it about one person's hero's journey they kind of tried to turn it into like a lord of the rings epic yeah, like, scale it's like multiple jupiter characters. ascending ish like oh we're trying yeah. to build this epic film but the characters are kind of meh yeah, this is what I mean about it not feeling like a cohesive trilogy in the sense that they, in the second movie, they suddenly establish a bunch of new characters that I don't remember being in the first movie. Mm-hmm. And they're given a bunch of screen time and they never do anything interesting. And the only real point that I can see for them is so when they die in the huge, like, Helm's Deep fight sequence in the third one, it's, like, supposed to give a bit of emotional impact or weight. But I think yeah. that stuff like all like falls so flat on its face because you already have these characters that honestly really need development, like Trinity and uh, all the other characters that were already on the ship in the first movie. Like that was there was there was enough going on there where you could have expanded on that. But they they go more for the like philosophical like exposition stuff, like mm-hmm. over doing anything with the characters, which I, fa- I find epic. so frustrating. Yeah, gotta raise the stakes. It's gotta huge action scenes and battles the exposition <laughs> like, I don't was, know that's what works was like necessary in the first film whereas yeah, they're yeah. just uh-huh. basically trying to find new things to add <laughs> to the sequels to create more exposition 
and it's much much worse handled yeah. too you know like the scene with the oracle right before the fight scene with the smiths the agents not the band yeah um <laughs> uh, like the, the entire scene with the oracle is just literally only there to set up him being there for that fight scene they're kind of just like dragging on like oh yeah. we're programs and sh she says shit like well you know that uh vampires and werewolves were actually rogue programs just doing things that they shouldn't it's like you don't need that like <laughs> why does that matter yeah it's that it's classic cheesy. it's that classic thing where they take a concept that's really novel at first but the more they expand on it the worse it becomes yeah, it, it's so it. similar to the star wars prequels of like the metachlorians oh, like, yeah. you're describing this force that like it, it's like ruining the whole point of it being like a plot leave device. no like, stone unturned yeah exactly it's just delving into all this pointless detail that isn't really enhancing anything so you're just left there frustrated trying to like just figure out the nonsensical elements of the plot like what what is the what is the actual plot of this movie like tell me <laughs> um try and do it okay so the neo is a superman jesus and they're like <laughs> Yo, there's things <laughs> happening. Uh, we gotta go to Zion I mean? and have a big, uh, a big techno orgy because the <laughs> the spider the techno machines orgy. are coming. What the fuck was that scene? I was like laughing really hard. There's at like the thousands scene, of people like, just standing in a cave. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it, so what? What? How are these people like alive? Do they just? Live? <laughs> do they? Are they always here? Yeah. Like where do they? Yeah, get they're to all the like what right next to each other, just standing yeah. up all yeah. the time <laughs> in this giant cave, and they're all like, "Yeah." They have a lot they're of technology, but they don't have like like a, a PA system. So like Morpheus is just shouting <laughs> to like a billion people, and they can all hear him. <laughs> yeah. But they have they have all that they they can like hack into the matrix and have this whole like system running underground of machines and blah 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 blah. But they don't have a microphone, so he just yells really loud, and everybody everybody's really quiet, and they can hear him. Such a strange choice, though, too. <laughs> it's weird. It's like the, yeah, because if you if you want one side in the like conflict to feel like the underdog, don't show them with like armies of people. Like it's like thousands of people yeah. in that. That's room. for like the like, very end. Yeah, but even in the fight scene, like, yeah, you need to have loads of people to be in these stupid goddamn mechs or whatever, but, like, you didn't have to go that route. You, it could have been way more understated and way cooler as a result if it was more focused on, like, the original characters. Yeah, Neo developed that relationship he has with uh, Claire Danes, and yeah, I, I, like, I like caring about characters more so than, like, these big epic fucking... It's oh, what makes it satisfying. Yeah. Like, Princess Leia, Han Solo, and Luke are, like, very... Like, you understand those characters, and they have, like, a more mm -hmm. interesting dynamic than just, oh, I love you, and that's it. <laughs> like, there's yeah. more to it than that. Yeah, or, like, the Fellowship in Lord of the Rings. Like, they will have different motivations, uh -huh. and when they're in, like, fight scenes, like, the, the dynamics, like, the, are explored and developed. And they're all from, like, ways. opposite sides of the planet. They have totally different backgrounds. And these two yeah. characters, are they're, they're, like, these dull... They come from the same place. Oh, uh, I love you. I love you too. There's nothing interesting going on with them. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why they like each other and you never do. Yeah. And where they choose to take it in the third movie is just like, so yeah. it was all basically pointless. And there's anyway. supposed to be like a big emotional punch in that. It's a prophecy. And didn't, didn't hit. Yeah, how do you feel about the whole like prophetic angle of the trilogy? Um, that's another thing that bugs me. 
which is also really similar to the Star Wars prequels. That's another element of that trilogy that really brings it down. I don't know, because the Oracle just straight up lies to people, too, which is weird. Um, and she's the only one that <laughs> is, so like, confusing. aware of the prophecy and things. Do they just... ever, like, straight up explain what the prophecy is that will show you it? Because normally when there's a prophecy, there's, like, a scene where they walk you through it. Well, or, like, show I don't know. You she's the... a fucking liar, so we don't really know. <laughs> she just it, lies yeah, to people. It, it's very straight <laughs> to interpretation. Yeah. So we don't really know what the prophecy is. But there's not like a moment with... Because it's like like the Lego movie mocks the trope yeah. of like the hero's journey. It's, it's, like, it's very much mocking this exact kind of story. And it, it almost would have been cool to find out that there, there was actually nothing special about Neo. And like that would have, there would have been something new to explore there, at the very least, instead of him just gradually getting more and more powerful and then getting blindfolded and like <laughs> saving yeah. the world. Yeah. To hide the fact he can't act. Yeah, I don't know. The uh, the the prophecy, I think, is kind of an excuse for the sequence of events to happen at all. Because without it, Morpheus doesn't have his motivation. And to some extent, doesn't that just mean the characters are just kind of bland? (laughs) If they all need this prophecy to have any motivation (laughs) to care about the story. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's funny that they believe in a prophecy, but I mean, yeah, it, it. That's why. I d- I'm not mad about the Morpheus character because y- you never really like see why he is so passionate about the cause. He just tells you, "Yeah, I, I just believe." I say, like, "Well, give give us something." Like instead of like a, a ridiculous fight scene that goes on for twenty minutes, like I don't know, give me a flashback into like his origins or something. Just give me something to yeah. to, to chew on because the series as it goes along, like they like halve in quality each time, and each time the storytelling becomes way more about scope and scale than the like philosophical aspect of the first movie because that's what is interesting about it and it gradually mm-hmm. just becomes more and more like just schlock star wars like fight scene just shit as it goes yeah, on it's very average like even yeah. if you don't think it's shit it's just not the the originality of the first one but mm-hmm. but we but i mean the we get the philosophical scenes like when the perverted french man makes a woman orgasm from a cake oh i remember that's very philosophical (laughs) when i was younger i thought she pissed herself (laughs) 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 she had a big poop so innocent (laughs) yeah it's like jupiter ascending or like any one of those fucking they like try to make something epic i don't think it's as bad as jupiter ascending though no it's not as bad but it's it feels like the same template almost yeah you know? Well, even, have you guys seen a Speed Racer? Uh, I've yes, seen I bits of it. I haven't ago. seen the whole thing. Because it's like the natural extension of the first Matrix, just in the <laughs> doubling down of, okay, let's just make an anime in live action then, and let's just see how that goes. And you can see little aspects of it in the way they directed the first three Matrix movies. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if it made it like good or anything, but... It's like the only thing that carries the trilogy to me, um, at least the, the 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 second and third movie, is that cartoonish uh, aspect of it. Like it, the imagery and the, it's almost like a Zack Snyder style of direction where it's just all about imagery and like the, the way things look over, you know, characters. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just all about yeah. and that the works. visual side of it. The basics that works forgotten. in the first one because it's just like an action movie. Then when they try to make this epic, I don't know. 
Well, it has so much of a better click. structure in the first one. I think the structure is probably yeah. like the weakest part of this movie because you kind of lose sight of what they're actually doing after a certain point. And like yeah. what Alex was saying, the motivations are really weak. You're like, I get you guys don't want to die, but what else is going on? Like, what else do you want? Because they gotta, the, they gotta get the, the prophecy. They gotta get the key maker, because the rogue program <laughs> oh, <no>. stole the <laughs> key maker. Yeah. And I forget why they need the key maker, but they gotta do that, and they gotta break in. They got a whole team, and they've it turns into a heist movie kind <laughs> of. Where they gotta yeah, break into a place where if they open a door without the power grid being shut down, then they all blow up and die. But if the power grid is shut down, then they're fine. So even though Trinity promises not to go into the Matrix, there's this whole other ship that's not the Nebuchadnezzar, this whole team that just crashes and dies <laughs> that was supposed to shut down the power grid. <laughs> and they just like... <laughs> literally, literally the fr the freak accident was like a guy running across the bridge in the ship, and the bridge just falls. It like it just wasn't <laughs> constructed properly, and it just like falls yeah. and he dies, and everybody in the ship just like gets killed. And it's the weirdest fucking thing. And it can only be explained by like, oh, I guess it's part of the prophecy. Like God works works in yeah, mysterious ways like... or some shit. <laughs> So and then that. storytelling yeah. is rampant in So um, Trinity in needs to go into the three. Matrix because nobody's going to shut off the power grid. She goes in, she gets shot, which fulfills Neo's bad dream prophecy, a separate prophecy. <laughs> and then he supermans himself to to save her, somehow not breaking her bones in the process of like... <laughs> shooting past the screen as she's falling and catching her and i guess she got shot in the heart but he can reach inside her and squeeze her heart a few times and she's fine yeah it, i but i lose i, I lose track it's of a, it's a little convoluted why they were <laughs> yeah, was i just had a, there an aneurysm describing the plot this is a good movie yeah yeah it's a little confusing but the chase scene was really cool <laughs> Exactly. You see all that shit, and it's at the service of like a car chase. Yeah, it's like uh, I Everyone like the directness of the first one. It is so cool. Yeah. Uh, it's the best part of the movie. Remi can you remind me? Like I, I watched this film like I guess two days ago, and I, I can barely remember it. <laughs> the like I remember like or? elements like a. It's just a lot of yeah, jumping. Of the, car, and... the car chase yeah. sequence. It's like I remember the 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 twins being in it and like, no. the ghosts mm -hmm. flying around and stuff. Right? Or am I yeah. thinking of a different bit? No, yeah, no, the twins were in right. it. It goes on for a while. Yeah, it's, like a it's a very, very long car chase sequence that explores. That's that's why I liked it. Yeah, because it was really long. It like felt like a like these guys will not stop until yeah. this until they fucking get the it. The music's guy, great. You know? mm. They're just trying to like steal mm. the keymaker, I guess, or kill him. I guess that's why I don't really remember it. Is because I I can't even remember why they were there and why any of it was happening beyond it just being good versus evil. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember that guy being there. The, he's just some dude in the car. Like, that element I remember. That's actually why it stands out to me, probably. Because I understood, like, the goal of the scene, like, really clearly. Like, oh, they want right. that guy. Yeah. It, it wasn't as muddled as, like, the rest of it. There's this problem it has with the... Because they all have... Two and three have multiple stories going on at once. And I, I think it's worse than the third one, actually. But mm -hmm. the way they tied together they seem to be going on so separately that the the film would just stay on one for like 30 minutes and then suddenly just 
like slash over to the other and it, it makes it feel so like truncated and awkward and the pacing's really slow because of it because it's yeah. just changing its focus like so so drastically it seems from like one to the other like you have a really slow scene with neo like being all philosophical and then you jump to like people in mech robots running around like just mowing down armies for like 20 minutes chunks it's, it's a really strange experience Mm-hmm. I do appreciate they try to do something new mm-hmm. and like not make the same movie again because they could have gone that's that true. route. And if this movie was yeah, made now, could've... that's probably. I mean, that that might be what they do with the new one. I'm yeah. curious to see what they soft do. Soft reboot. Yeah, the soft reboot, especially us talking about how dated it is. Like, there's so many yeah. elements, like the music and the slow mo and the trench coats that are just not. Like, I would just laugh if I saw that now. Yep. But back then, it's cool. <laughs> so. They'll just make Neo Morpheus and like just change everyone's roles a little bit. They'll bring him <laughs> back or something. Mm. It'll be a whole thing. It'll just be the Force Awakens again. Yeah, get a like girl. The new Ghostbusters. It'll be uh, Kate McKinnon. Will be the <laughs> the new Neo. <laughs> <laughs> no, they'll young CG Keanu. That's what they'll do. Yeah, there will be one scene where they flash back and they do that. But I, yeah. I like the idea of Keanu being like the Morpheus character. Well, yeah, that's... You, you would have thought they would have done that in the second movie, maybe, because mm-hmm. cause he has he's he's a completed character by the first one. He's literally Superman at the end. It's like how that <laughs> film ends. He flies off exactly like a superhero. So now, in any fight scene you put him in after that point, you know, well, why don't you just fly away? <laughs> why don't you just get out of there, dude? Mm-hmm. Yeah, doesn't help for the he tension. He like forgot how to fly for a bit, and then remembered. You know, once he fought enough of the Smiths. It's hard to justify um, certain decisions when you just have to say, "Well, yeah, I guess if you don't think about it, then then it's all right." <laughs> yeah, <it's> cool. <laughs> I, I I mean, like the, the again, the first movie has logical issues, but there's enough to grip you in terms of like the basics of the story that you yeah. can, you can follow things really easily, and the pacing's really great. Uh, this second movie really drags along in the first half. I think the second half is much better. Things yeah, sort of that. start moving along and you're not <laughs> left wondering why things are stagnant and just like not progressing. Uh, it really feels like it's just dicking around, not doing anything for a lot of the first half of this movie. But yeah, I still don't hate it, even though this is a sequel uh, to The Matrix. It, it is still kind of like a classic movie for the time. It uh, invoked a lot of uh, pop culture parodies and references, and you know this this was a huge box office numbers breaker. It it was like the highest opening weekend ever at the time. It made the most out of the trilogy. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, I mean, like it, I don't it introduced know, it just doesn't some really connect with me. New uh, sequences and concepts, and like was essentially a tech demo for a lot of it. The the way that some of these sequences were shot, even though, like, yeah, they used way too much CG for the most part. There were some really cool things that they did, like the whole uh, chase scene near the end. Like, they basically just built, like, a big stretch of highway out in the middle of the desert yeah. <laughs> where they would have all these cars running down, uh, driving down, and then just, like, move them all back to the end to keep playing the scene because, essentially, you know, the background is... There's there's nothing too distinguishable in the highway set that would make you be like, oh, I've seen that before. They're just doing the same stretch of highway forever. So you really feel like they're just like continuing to drive along this nameless <laughs> kind of highway. 
yeah, a lot of I, there, there's still a lot of cool things going on in this movie. I really like the soundtrack still. I really like mm. the way it's shot. Like the, the the filmmaking still has a personality to it, uh, and I like that a lot. It does, but not as much. Like it's not as it's not as it purposeful as, as much as momentum. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of scenes of just guys talking, and I'm like, I miss the fucking cool angles and the sunglasses yeah. close ups on that and Mr. Anderson, all that shit. Yeah. It's it's taking its it's starting to take itself too seriously, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. It kind of makes me wish that they would have maybe reeled their involvement back ever so slightly. The Wachowskis, I mean, I, I'm, I'm what I mean by that is maybe bring in someone else to write the screenplay using their ideas and them, you know, kind of being at the top there, but entrust it to someone else perhaps to craft the story a bit more bring someone else in to help because clearly that's that's where it really falls apart more than anything because it, it isn't there are dated aspects of the production sure but if it was all in service of a story that was like genuinely really cool mm. um i would forgive a lot of it but the fact that it is just so muddled and really hard to get into any of the characters because I, I, this always happens I've, I've rewatched the trilogy a fair few times and i watched the first one and i'm like that was really good why do i not really like this trilogy and then i put on the second movie and i'm like oh <laughs> That that's why that's why <laughs> that's I don't really hold the Matrix yeah. movies that high because I I think it's just it just drops the ball so hard for me on the on the second movie and the third movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't I'm think like, the I'm second movie introduces battle. anything interesting either. Yeah, Even I was in like about a sci-fi that. concepts. Like the first one has the the battery babies and the dream element or like the Matrix. And this one has like nothing. There's like nothing new. They introduced they introduce that some things. Was... They're just not that interesting. There's the key maker. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's the, not the, memorable. The programs, the key maker, uh, you know, yeah, the s- like, Smith t- turning other people into Smiths and, and shit. Um, there's there's actually one mm-hmm. element that, that we cool. haven't talked yeah. about, maybe because it was just so forgettable. Uh, what did you guys think of uh, the programmer Colonel Sanders? The guy with the big, oh, all yes. the TVs? Uh, oh, what's he called again? Mm-hmm. Colonel Sanders. He's called like the... The programmer. <laughs> Is that his really his name? He's got that amazing recipe for chicken, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> that scene was awesome where he was describing the secret recipe. Yeah. So, like, it, it the what's explained in that scene is just so confusing. I don't know if you yeah, guys what's the really purpose of it? got what was happening. So, like, what they're trying yeah. to explain in that scene, from what I gather, is that this has all happened before. That like they actually destroyed yeah that's Zion, what I thought but like six times before and it's supposed to kind of raise the stakes in a way of like oh this is hopeless Neo no matter what you do like th- th- this is like a deterministic <laughs> universe or something like that yeah. yeah so I I don't know if that was done that successfully because really it's just a confusing way that they showed the scene yeah it's it's really, they feel very short yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't feel organic. It's like trying to raise the stakes, but at the same time, it's just like it's it's a kind of a weird, out of place, unfitting scene. It doesn't yeah. fit with the rest of it, and then we never and see him totally again. Totally forgettable, really. I think he shows up for like a second one, at like the right third at the one. Yeah, just a second at the end, he's there. Yeah, and you you've forgotten about his entire existence yeah. by then. You're like, who's this? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that guy. I could probably find a really good fan edit of this movie somewhere. I, I think like, there I is one where they cut hour. out all the Zion scenes, actually. <laughs> yeah. They just this cut out the yeah. and the uh, <laughs> revolutions. <laughs> there were like clear scenes where I was just like, okay, this could be cut out. 
<laughs> like yeah. that like yeah. that character from the animated one who was just annoying like every scene with him i was like why are you introducing this guy we don't need him here mm. yeah that was a particularly strange one to me that that entire character why they gave him so much screen time <laughs> like what was the purpose which one they d- actually they do it with a lot of the crew the the one who had uh his own the, the short introduction oh, okay in the, the in kid the animatrix yeah, yeah the kid I, character I'm trying to remember the name of that one uh uh kid story yeah yeah. Yeah. I don't hate him. Yeah, I kind of did. <laughs> yeah, I got and, and, and the pilot as well, who has like his wife, and he's got loads of scenes, and it's like, <laughs> I don't care about you. Why you? Why? That why was just I so bland. You're talking that about the guy so that, that showed up and was like, "Where's my pussy?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy from Lost. I think oh, okay, I've never watched Lost. Yeah. Don't. I don't hate him. <laughs> I don't know. I like. There's characters that are what introduced. What is his purpose in this story? Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're just. Let's it, spend less time with Neo and more time with this guy. It's, it's not as <laughs> if they're like. There are minor characters in the first movie that are just as purposeless, but they're more likable. They they're just a part of the crew. Like they sense needed to the, fill the, the crew with more people, them, though. right? And I guess they developed them a little too much. They gave him a little too much but screen He just time. had dedicated scenes, though, for some reason. Yeah. Like, that whole kind of aspect with his wife it did not need to be in the movie. And it's only there so for the, like, So there's more stakes. The and also, like, his wife does some Which is so stuff, cheap. too, in the third movie. It, it does really try to be more expansive in L- Lord of the Rings style. You know, it really tries to to throw in more characters so that there are more things happening during the big fight scenes near the end. So you're not just like watching random people. So you have an idea of like, mm-hmm. oh, there's this person that I've been introduced to that is trying to fire the rocket at the Sentinels or whatever they're called, mm-hmm. rather than just, you know, random army people or random people we've never seen before. So I, I don't think it's like completely useless, um, but it does, especially in the first half of The Matrix Reloaded, it does feel really, it, it just kind of drags on a little bit. Yeah, you don't. You, yeah, you don't get the payoff for so long that it makes it feel pointless. Like uh, I can't imagine seeing this movie um, in theaters by I itself did. and then just being like, "Was that it? Like, how did you feel at the end? You're like, oh, 'Oh, I'm hyped now for the.' At the, the end, I was like, someone called Revolution.' Man, this was like one big trailer, <laughs> but <laughs> but I still really enjoyed it. It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't earn its place as a as a standalone yeah. movie. Like two and three, neither of them do really. They are one movie stretched out over four hours. Yeah, with almost the same title. Yeah, yeah, the same film. It is weird. <laughs> what What does the second one end on? How does it end? Um, I don't even remember. It ends on I a shot of the guy who's basically like Joe Pen- Pen- Pantoliano, but not the guy who like cuts himself <laughs> and is like being controlled by agent smith in the real world somehow god this is what i mean like it just becomes a blur it 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 has neo unconscious and they're like man he's passed out for a bit and then the uh, they're you you hear the uh medical staff saying oh yeah well there's this other guy and all of his crew are dead and he was the only survivor i guess we're gonna have to ask him questions about it and it like pans down and it shows this other guy that is basically like the the Joe Pan- Pantoliano from the first movie, but not oh, the guy yeah, who like the, was the, about the tro- to stab yeah. him. That's right, I remember now. And then the kid calls out Neo, and then Neo turns around. He's like, "Hey, what's up?" And the guy's like, "Oh, nothing." Like puts the knife behind his back. Yeah, yeah, really corny execution of that. Yeah, whole, that whole sequence. That's a weird character. Yeah, 
This repetition, yeah, repetitive. Mm-hmm. I guess we should move on to the third movie if we don't have anything more to say about it. Yeah. What you guys? What did you guys? Uh, what would you rate it? this at a whatever? I'd do two out of five mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, I'd, I might give it a one and a half star if I had to. Like, I, I really don't like watching this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I give it a a six out of ten, closer to a five than a seven. I still, I, I, I still don't hate it. I really don't. I, I moved it down. I think when I was younger, I had it at, like at a seven or something. Um, no. It, Are it, there people who hate this movie? Is there like a like a prequel level backlash against it? Uh, I don't think it's I don't that hate bad it. To, to I just clear, think it's but... like really mediocre. Yeah, it's it's lacking in many ways. Most of my notes are negative, mm-hmm. but I still love it as part of like the overall universe. So in the same yeah, way well, that the world like, the Matrix, so. there's people that <laughs> yeah. just love watching Star Wars shit because they love the universe. It's like mm-hmm. yeah, I would I would consider this my or like Star those Wars Hobbit movies. And it's still, you know, <laughs> it still it still manages to capture a lot of the same tone and feel as the first movie, even if not consistently, even if it gets boring at points. It's still something that I that I enjoy watching. If I'm going to watch The Matrix, I'm probably going to watch all of them sort of thing. Yeah, I normally do too, but I just get I'm angry and resentful by the end. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, All right well, let's do it. Revolution. Revolutions. Not revelations. Reloaded revolution. Can we all agree revolution. this is the worst one by far? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> the worst one. <laughs> it's complete schlock. Like, it's it's, it's a piece it, of crap. There's still. Is I this mean, the one I, where there's a portrayal? There's another portrayal. The, pre- <laughs> the, the portrayal's teased at the end of the second one, and then yeah. I guess it happens in this yeah, one. Yeah, it happens in this one. Mm hmm. It's it's so bad, but I I find it more entertaining than the second one. I think it's yeah, I think too. it's hilarious. I think it's so bad it's good in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. especially when it gets to the the like fight scene on the <laughs> Zion, where there's just like hundreds of millions of these flying robots just flying That's around, and they have to color code everything. Because like yeah, they have yeah. to color code everything, otherwise you couldn't tell what was happening. <laughs> Right. With the like light colors. I, I you know and, what it was? This is like the movie I realized I didn't care about anything like that was going on. I yeah. didn't care about like the characters of the uh, world. I just it's supposed to be the ultimate conflict. This is supposed yeah. to be this is this is, this, it, is it. this isn't about building that up anymore. It's about paying mm-hmm. off. And I was never satisfied throughout the entire movie. I was just watching it. It was like Because who, who like watching in, the, a wall. in the Zion conflict, who do you care about there? I in, I I like Neo. I like Neo kicking Agent Smith. <laughs> That's all I liked. And then these movies like became about a bunch of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like all the characters that are there that you barely know anything about any of them apart from the guy with his wife. And I like the guy's wife. Such a strange thing I to like her on. lesbian friend or whatever. I like I like what they were going through. <laughs> it was very anime. The whole yeah. like having was, like this, I, this like catalog of characters, and it's more about like a collection of characters now, more so than just like one guy. Yeah, I, I like the kid. I like the guy who he's like collecting ammo for. You know, they they feel like <laughs> they're not well developed characters, especially compared to like the first movie. Like they're not as lovable as anybody that died in the first movie. But I still consider them to be like a part of the universe. I don't hate them at all. And I, I'm not bored by their scenes. The moments that I'm actually able to take seriously in this movie are the the Zion fight scenes. Like, those are the most memorable for me. 
So mm-hmm. I, I disagree it's the most memorable, but it's it's just like terrible. I don't consider those bad. When I think bad, I'm thinking of like the baby robot. Really, it's at the like end. when they're running around in like mechs screaming. Oh, I love that. I think <laughs> I, like I, I actually really enjoy that. I think it, really? it looks cool. Yeah. I mean, it looks a little dated CG wise for sure. But like I, I'm, I'm like into those parts. And I yeah, know. I get I, that it's like I, think cheesy. It yeah, I didn't think that like out cool. of context. It's just silly. It is kind of silly. But yeah, well, I get I get your point of view. You love this universe or you like mm. enjoy being in it. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't it doesn't matter because I have shit like that, too. I have that with Star Wars. Yeah, I mean. Or yeah, of uh, course. I don't know. Even the Hobbit movies. I think the Hobbit movies are a good comparison because like they yeah. they try to like ex- elaborate on, on, on this very simple premise and all these simple elements and it doesn't really come together as well. I still like that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I get what mm-hmm. you're saying. It's the most video gamey. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it, a lot of the time it feels like video game cutscenes. Even those characters, they feel bad. like video game, like just guys you meet that you have short dialogue trees with. They don't feel like real people to me. They didn't feel fleshed out. They're so like, whatever, caricatures. It's just so strange that they didn't put a major character in that battle though. Mm-hmm. That too. You know I mean? That was very strange. It was like they were setting up all those characters to have that plot. Yeah. And meanwhile, you have Neo coming to terms with himself and his purpose and fighting Agent Smith for, like, the final time. But, like, I, why did we need that whole other element? Yeah, I can, I can that see be something if, you, else? if you don't care about any of those characters, how those scenes can just be, like, obnoxious. But Yeah, and I just wasn't into that world. <laughs> I found it fun. I, 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 I find yeah. it, like... It's the, schlocky. The, yeah, it's fun on a schlocky level. The visuals of like this, you know, all these are they called sentinels? I can't remember. It yeah, sounds right. The sentinels, yeah, yeah. Something like that. All these things that are like coming through the the hole, destroying their, their home. Like I don't know, I get I get some sort of emotional impact out of that and like just the, the, the scale of just how many of them there are and despite their best efforts, despite all these like mech suits, they're clearly getting destroyed. You know, I think the music works mm-hmm. well for it. Um, I don't think it's like terribly yeah, the shot. Yeah, still good. I don't think it's like terribly executed in in that sense. There's a lot of impressive stuff going on technically yeah. still, especially for the time. It's mm-hmm. pretty like I, I would consider it like fairly epic if you want to say that. Yeah, yeah, the scale the scale is like justified in in those fight scenes, mm-hmm. and there is some cool imagery just with the like what I said with the harsh like contrasting colors so you can actually tell who's who it is it is striking the like it's like loads of like underwater leeches or, or like a the way fish move or mm-hmm. something like just swarming the, the screen which is is interesting yeah especially in contrast to like the weird stuff with neo being in like purgatory or whatever he's in in the start of the film at that train station yeah. he can't leave yeah yeah that's weird didn't really enjoy that very much with the guy from mad max yeah, and I, I um I, I also consider this to be the worst one, but when I think of the bad shit, I'm I'm more so thinking about like what Neo's doing actually. Like I I think I care more about the character of Neo, I guess. But I think that what he goes through is more dumb. 
and more silly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, yeah. What what does what happens to him in this movie? Like, uh, it's it's about losing. Because it's like, where else do you take him? Like you said, he's Jesus. So it has to get even crazier from there. So, yeah, they treat him like a lot of um, media treats Superman, where they just don't know what to do with him. So they just like they kill his love interest. They make him stronger and stronger and able to overcome anything. Yeah. We haven't even talked about the very clean way the, the movie wraps up. It's just like, oh, well, I, I guess you guys like won. Okay, like, mm-hmm. you, you just saved the day, just like uh, just like at the end of Return of the Jedi, like with the, the entire resistance is waiting outside, and the the guy comes out. And he's like, we won, everybody, <laughs> and that's it. Corny. That's the end. It's like, what the fuck? After like, all what? that, and then we get the Oracle and the little girl, and she's like, tell me another story about the shepherd, and then. It ends. Oh. Yeah, because they're like, come on, let's make some more of these. <laughs> I'm curious why they stopped, actually, because the film didn't flop. It still made money, as far as I'm aware. I'm not sure why they didn't pull, like, an Alien 4 and just, yeah. like, keep going. Well, I Artistic mean, integrity? I don't know. They, well, they gave up on that. They made now. some video games the Wachowskis moved on. They made a lot of money. Yeah. It used to just be, oh, we wanted to tell that story, and now we're done. It was, now, it was the tri- trilogies was the big money maker, wasn't it? You wanted your trilogy, uh-huh. and that people that wanted was a conclusion. Yeah, but now it's all cinematic universes, so that's why it's coming back, I suppose. They want mm. the Matrix cinematic universe. Keep it going forever. Nah, it'd be better if it was just one. Do you think this could turn into something like a cinematic universe? They could make ten more movies out of this. You could argue that the Animatrix is kind of that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Maybe they'll yeah. adapt a lot of that stuff into movies. Honestly, like a show that, that probably w- would be better. Yeah. Yeah, Netflix thing. Keep it a bit more. They'll do a bunch of stuff. Yeah. They'll, yeah, they'll license it to Disney Plus. Hopefully Disney not Disney buy the Matrix rights. <laughs> <laughs> Disney buys Warner Brothers. Notice how, notice how we're doing everything in our power to avoid talking about this third <laughs> film. So what else really happens? There's the scene where he gets uh, blindfolded because his eyes, he gets blinded, doesn't he? Yeah, so he doesn't have to cry at the end yeah. when his when Carrie Ann Moss dies. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I kept thinking. Like, oh, he can't emote at all in this scene, huh? Oh, that's so funny. Mm. <laughs> that might be why. <laughs> I think that's why. That, that's that is a really bad scene. That has no impact. <laughs> it is when it's she so dies. Bad. You're just you're really I not wanted to tell you I loved you. <laughs> I I think that yeah, it, it, it's it's the cheesiest shit. <laughs> What's happening with him and Trinity feels very forced throughout the entire film. There's a lot of really bad dialogue between them. Oh, yeah. Six hours ago, I was ready to die for you. Do you know what's changed in the last six hours? No. Nothing. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shut up. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. It's really, really cheesy. But you can't build like a realistic relationship when the two characters are saying shit like that to each other because it's not how real people talk. Yeah. Like, yeah, it just didn't work for me. It's a prophecy relationship. <laughs> yeah, they're destined to be together, yeah. so it doesn't actually matter if they have chemistry. Exactly. And what's their mission? They're like heading into like the heart of the <laughs> fuck if I know. And then you like they talk stop to this floating Smith. spiky ball or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why there's like a big baby face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the baby! Yeah, the the baby reminded me of that. What the yeah, fuck? Holy shit. I don't know. It's just it that's just a weird design choice. Ending all of a sudden. <laughs> that that to me is like one of the worst parts. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, it looks so like cartoony and bad. That, yeah. that CG baby face. Yeah, it doesn't look good, like aesthetically no, or no, animation no. wise. Yeah, it's kind of the jump the shark moment. If there hadn't been one before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And then by the end of it, it's like, I don't know, even with him fighting Agent Smith at the end, it's really not as fun of a fight scene as any of the other times he's fought Agent Smith. Because they're both like flying around. Yeah, no. It's, it reminded me of Man of Steel. It's just pick and choose Honestly. the limitations of mm -hmm. their powers depending on any given moment sort of thing. What damage are you really doing? What can you really do? It just felt really... Yeah, it's just a lot of punching. Yeah. But, I mean, for the time, it there was a lot about it that looked really cool. Like the slow-mo, like, like Dragon Ball Z punching shot. Like, you, you didn't have a, a, a face being punched that was created in CG that looked anything close to realistic before this point. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't look great now. The rain effects but... were kind of cool. Oh yeah, too. the rain effects too. Like yeah, there was also kind of like they slimy. used the rain to hide the bad CG. Yeah, probably. Which they didn't yeah. do so much like in the first, like that last movie when they were fighting like all the clones, Asian Smiths. There's like a million of them. Like it was broad daylight, so maybe they learned. Yeah, it should have been darker. <laughs> like let's let's like do plastic, it. Yeah, yeah, let's do it like at night in the rain. Like I guess you could say that's cheating, but I think it works better for like the audience watching it. You know, just to be more immersed in it, even if it's darker and like harder to see. Yeah, because they did that with like Jurassic Park mm -hmm. for the visual effects, the like that T Rex scene in the rain. Like, yeah. that's what makes the scene still look pretty decent now. When mm -hmm. a lot of visual effects, <laughs> when they're brought to the forefront, do look pretty weak when they're so obvious. Yeah, that fucking Jurassic World movie looks like shit. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Both of them. Great yep. comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mostly in broad daylight. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's more to it than that, I mean, but yeah, there's a lot of reasons that movie is inadequate. Most of what's going on story-wise is just annoying in this movie, and I I do like mm -hmm. I do I'm like the whole mech suit fight scene thing. That's probably my favorite part of the movie. I don't like that they brought back the French pervert from Catwoman. <laughs> it was really weird that he was <laughs> he was back. I I find it I find it absolutely hilarious. Like I I think I laughed out loud when. Uh, the character who's being controlled by S Smith in the real world, his name is Bane, by the way. <laughs> when he's oh, like revealing himself, and he's like, Mr. Anderson, you tried to kill me before, and I, <laughs> I watched you die, and I don't know how it was possible that you got up. And Neo has not figured it out. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> it takes like 10 minutes for him to be like, oh, so it's Agent Smith. Uh, it was just like, come on, dude. <laughs> it was so funny. Uh, I got a fair few laughs. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. There's a couple. There's loads of dumb really moments like that. Moments, for sure. Don't have a hell of a lot of notes for this movie because I, I'm. I think it's telling. Yeah. Just the way we we've noticed how when we were talking about the first movie, it was like we just jumped straight to the positives. We're just gushing about it nonstop. Yeah. Then you get to the second movie and the third movie, and you can barely even recall what happens because it's so forgettable. Because it, it it is it fails to continue the story in an interesting way. Poorly structured. Yeah, could have been yeah. could have been done in just like one more movie, honestly, instead of yeah. two. Easily, I'm, I'm sure there probably is a fan edit that exists of two yeah. and three with with all the guff Kyle. Guff. Oh, is that another one? I've never heard that before. <laughs> Do you guys not say guff? guff. <laughs> Come on, Ralph. You know guff, don't you? No, sadly, I've never heard guff. <sighs> what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> filler? Like it's, filler. Just like a, it's just like a thing. It's just guff. guff like yeah. filler, like shite, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like maron. It's like, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... I give this movie one star. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, one star. <laughs> Terrible. 
<laughs> it's funny though. It's <laughs> I think it's worth watching um, if you if you don't mind um, ruining the first one. Like yeah. this, this if is my ultimate the same recommendation. Filmmakers totally miss the mark. This is my <laughs> ultimate recommendation. Watch the first movie and watch Animatrix, and then just stop. Just don't even like if, <laughs> if you're in a, a position where you've never seen them. If you've never seen them and you just watch those and you really don't feel tempted, just don't do it. Like seriously, consider it because I, I don't think it will really change much. It might only just make the first one worse to you, like it kind of does to me. Yeah, yeah. It just depends what you're looking for out of those movies. If the world really yeah. interests you that much that you just want to see more of it, then I think these sequels do a good job of like hanging the world on this like really bland epic narrative like lord of the rings type shit but mm -hmm. i connected to the fucking action scenes and just the simplicity of it and the filmmaking mm -hmm. yeah of the first one and none of this works for me none of this this is like the like the total opposite end of what i wanted from the matrix <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's yeah, just like all the crap and none of the stuff i liked yeah i'm not i'm not <laughs> super annoyed by it by the same yeah. From from for the same. I also appreciate people like it. One, but yeah. I don't love I have no it. Problem with people it's like it. Like, there's yeah. a lot about it that's just like, wow, that's bad. Dialogue, story, structure, pacing, etc. But I still feel like it is, you know, a conclusion to the overall story and universe that I that I love, uh, even if it's not the most satisfying conclusion for sure. Uh, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot about it that's incredibly unsatisfying. But yeah, it, it's not. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't really, really upset me as much as uh, as you guys. I'm I'm able to laugh <laughs> at it and be like, "Man, that's kind of bad," but I'm st it's still kind of funny in the same way that some of the scenes in like the Raimi Spider-Man movies. I feel that way, uh, except it's you know more throughout this movie. Yeah, it's like product yeah. of its time sort of thing, and I still love the tone, and I mm -hmm. love the music, and I love the style. I love the color palette. I love the way it's shot in a lot of instances. Yeah, five out of ten. Not great. Probably closer to a four than a six. It's, it's a pretty weak trilogy, I think, overall. Like without the first movie, that there, there ain't much there. You know, they take the first movie out, the trilogy is pretty. Yeah, I still think that weak. there's value, even without the first movie. the The story wouldn't be much, obviously, but you know, a lot of the aesthetic choices a lot of the stylistic choices i i still really love yeah i can see it all right so i guess we did it yeah we did, uh, we did it that. the matrix wow. is it's a good good conversation the mat matri <laughs> matrices an hour 50 just about that's good yeah yeah just yeah, about I'm the curious matrix. what um what the fans think actually i'll be looking on reddit and uh, comments on this one yeah we'll see I don't know how how many are gonna defend me or not, but <laughs> uh, want to do like uh, two or three questions? We're already pretty. Yeah, let's do a couple. Now. Yeah, um, if you want to leave your own questions for us to answer on future episodes of Sardonicast, head over to the Reddit, uh, where Ralph will leave a thread where you can ask whatever you like. Let's do this one then from Just N1K, who says. What is the single best special effect you have seen in a movie that still impresses you no matter how many times you watch it? It can be practical or CG. It can be an entire scene, a specific moment or shot from a scene, a practical slash CG creature or character, etc. That's a great question. 
the under the yeah. skin special effects like still blow me yeah, away yeah. even if they're no really spoilers, simple but... like the no like the black background yeah. first of all and like the void area was crazy like how they did that and then like at the very end there's a part where there's a a skinning of i don't know <laughs> you see what's under the skin i guess mm-hmm. and it's really impressive mm-hmm. yeah there's a really, lot of like, yeah, seamless great i was like how the maybe. fuck did they do that yeah, that movie's yeah got loads of those kind of moments. Uh huh, incredible. And it's just for like a like an indie sci-fi movie, like really these incredible effects like that. Mm-hmm. It's very impressive. Uh, for me, uh, a bunch of scenes in either two thousand one, A Space Odyssey, or The Thing, nineteen eighty, mm. whatever. A lot yeah, of those effects good. are just like mind blowing to me. The practical creature effects for The Thing. And then the uh, a lot of the effects for 2001 in terms of, I guess, just uh, like camera tricks and like perspective tricks to make the anti-gravity thing feel real. And the fact that it was made in like, right. what, 60s? <laughs> it was mm-hmm. like, yeah, and they did a lot insane. of research into how they didn't even have a full picture of the Earth at that point. Mm-hmm. They were like piecing together what they knew about space and <laughs> the Earth just to make something. Mm-hmm. It's really yeah. cool. The... Uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, um, I was about to say. The perspective shots. Like the way that, you know, it's not just, you know, it's sure, there's some CG for some sequences, but oh, the miniatures. a lot of what happened in that movie was purely just perspective, where different sets would be built oh, yeah, knowing yeah, yeah. that the camera would be in a certain spot for a certain angle, and the rooms would be warped in real life if you tried to, like, yeah traverse through them like the some parts would be way too tall at the back and like almost like a weird <laughs> yeah, clown the fun chairs house would be like misshapen yeah. yeah but the way that they filmed it yeah. it just creates the illusion that elijah wood is like four feet tall and gandalf is like yeah, eight tiny. feet tall or whatever mm-hmm. so because the chairs so make cool. it look like they're the same distance from yeah. the camera but he's actually like way further so cool. Yeah, very well thought Did you ever out. see the behind the scenes of um, The Hobbit where Ian McKellen it, like, is taken nearly to the point of tears because they're, he's on like a green screen instead of them doing that perspective stuff ah. so that he's, there's no actors for him to bounce off. No, I didn't and see like such a. It's fascinating because it is such like a key reason that those movies didn't work compared to the incredible special effects work that was done for the original trilogy so much care and attention they put that in like an official featurette yeah no it's in because they they did a a similar you know lord of the rings has like a ridiculously long suite of um behind the scenes videos they did they did the same for the hobbit movies and i I watched them all um it's it's really interesting actually it's probably more interesting than the movie itself because it is all about how it was all like rushed and they didn't have the pre-production they did for lord of the rings so they did just revert to using cg and shit like that lame yeah yeah, but continuing off your your Lord of the Rings pick, I do actually think uh, Gollum in the in the second and third movie is a, a a surprisingly good, tastefully done early example of a CG character really existing um, in in a scene and it not being so distracting. Yeah, that, and the performance really carries that too. Mm-hmm. And even his um his scene in in the Hobbit is like a, a standout. Yeah, like that was his, great. Easily the best part of that first movie. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and yeah, of course, like the miniatures and everything from that, from uh, Lord of the Rings and all the practical stuff they did there. But I have one more, um, kind of a weird one, 
that are, uh, it might be wrong because um, I've only seen the movie once and this it's the only thing I remember about the movie. Have you seen 2013's Ender's Game? Did you see that? No. no. It was like a really generic like action kind of sci-fi movie. But at the end, I guess it's kind of spoilery, there's like this CG creature, like an insect. And it was like, at the time, I remember thinking it was like mind-blowingly realistic. I, I don't know if it still would be that way, but that really stands out in my mind as far as like a CG character, mm. like a really yeah. random example of okay. one. People yeah, can seen it. give feedback if that if that's right or, or wrong. Right, let's do PP0678 three four has this to say what are your thoughts on the golden raspberry awards aka the razzies they're basically the anti-oscars in which they award the worst in film rather than the best for example worst director worst actor etc do you think such an award show should exist i think it's kind of just as bad just because of the picks like they're very bland and like they They're usually just obvious. go after, yeah, too obvious. They go after like one celebrity. It's like Adam Sandler's year or it's Eddie Murphy's year. It's, it's just like the Oscars. It feels like a, like a corporate out of touch room of people. <laughs> yeah. My well, opinion. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it runs into the same problems as any awards show where it's an awards show, but it's also a business. And if you don't pick titles and actors that everybody knows, then no one's going to watch and your business is going to fail. So they, they're kind of forced to, like any other awards show, pick popular titles. <laughs> so they're going to have like Jennifer Lawrence for the, uh, what was that called? Mother. <laughs> Mother, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think she was terrible in that, even though a lot of people felt she was annoying. They don't truly pick the worst movies for the nominees. They pick like popular bad mm -hmm. ones. Yeah. So it's kind of annoying in that sense. But I'm okay with it existing. It's kind of funny. Mm -hmm. It just feels forced. And like, I like watching a thing with tastes, you know, good mm -hmm. and bad. They should have a, a segment in the Oscars where they go for bad movies. <laughs> you know, like Man. worst movie of the year. That's what they should do. I think that would it be It seems better. like an old sort of early internet type of thing to exist that's just still kind of clinging on and going yeah mm -hmm. just because it has been it's just an annual thing so why not at this point yeah it's not like televised really is it <laughs> holds much value yeah i saw how the only Berry time speech it, i ever really i'm reminded about them is when there's like a some annoying clickbait article about this year's results on it or mm. whatever yeah no strong feelings about it i guess it's just it exists Okay. Well, Cash 14 has an interesting one. All right. Why do you watch films you already know are bad when you go into a film already being aware of its negative of its negative reputation? So why do you go and see a movie like... like why, why do you watch uh, The New Lion King? Why do you watch... Why did Ralph go and buy the Blu-ray of, uh, <laughs> of Aladdin? Because I really yeah, wanted to see called. it. It's got my favorite actor, Will Smith, from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Usually when I'm watching a bad movie, it's because I'm going to at least be entertained by it. In the case of The Lion King, yeah. it's because I feel like I have important things to say about it. You know, I, yeah. like I'm, I bought that movie intending on reviewing it. And I've, I've got a lot of notes because I finally watched it. It was cancer. 
and you know, <laughs> yeah, as someone who basically has the original movie memorized, I feel like I'll have a, I'll have a worthwhile perspective. You should have recorded your like whole reaction. Offer. No, because I would have loved to. See nah, because I was like pausing and like. I, I had to like aggressively type down <laughs> notes the entire time. Like, so. I'm sure I'll have the exact same reaction when I'm going through it and editing anyway. So, oh, oh it's just yeah. a couple like couple bits of me going ah, like like just moments yeah. where I'm caught off guard, like, yelling about something. But yeah, it wouldn't be worth like a full <laughs> commentary or anything. Because I'm pausing the entire. Well, just because something's bad doesn't make it not entertaining. Is my answer to the question. Yeah, you can learn a lot from bad movies. Like. For, I've seen so many bad movies at this point that it, it's it has given me an appreciation for just how difficult filmmaking is, and it, it does make you appreciate aspects of it you might not otherwise. And trying to pinpoint aspects of stories that you don't think work for your own reasons is like part of the fun. Like we just did it with the Matrix movies, and it's just it's just a, a fun way of exploring the the medium. And you, yeah. you can't have the exceptional films like The Irishman and The Lighthouse without absolute trash like Sherlock and Holmes existing or whatever. But you need <laughs> you need good shit to have the bad. Well most bad movies I see or I intend them I intend on enjoying myself. Like I want to see good movies. <laughs> I thought yeah. I was gonna watch a good movie. Even if it's something like Sherlock Gnomes, that doesn't mean it's gonna be bad. I'm still mm-hmm. looking for like a good experience out of it. As long it. as it's not boring, yeah, who cares? Yeah. Usually, yeah, if it's something like the Emoji Movie, I'm not going to watch it because it's like I'm not going to get any enjoyment out of it, and <laughs> I don't have anything to say about it, I'll see it that people like a- haven't already said. I'm not going to offer some sort of perspective, <laughs> just reinforcing, preaching to the choir, like, "Yep, it's bad. You all knew it was going to be bad. Like, why am I going to watch that shit?" <laughs> right? There's no point in me reviewing it. So, mm-hmm. whereas like The Lion King, apparently a lot of people actually enjoyed, and is the highest grossing animated movie ever now and uh i really i feel obligated to tear it to shreds yeah well you should talk about it because you like the lion king yeah it's like one of your favorite movies yeah what do you care about emoji movie (laughs) you have no personal connection all right okay we did it pretty much answered that one cool we're done cool (laughs) whose recommendation it's mine (sighs) back to me um I'm going to recommend something that I've never seen before. Apparently, there's people in our audience that want us to see this. Uh, it's called Buffalo 66. Have you heard of this film? No. No? I have not. Okay. Yeah, there's... um, In our little community, I think also like some of the people that run the um, like unofficial YMS letterboxed or whatever, like they have this... They interact with each other on Twitter and like Vincent Gallo the director is like almost kind of a meme to them and they've been asking in our comments section oh, really? for us to talk about Buffalo 66 and I don't really know much about this director at all but um he directs Not and stars either. in this film yeah. it's uh from the year 2000 there's like mixed i guess uh reviews <laughs> uh apparently he's been like like Roger Ebert has criticized him in the past or something, if I remember correctly, but mm. should be. Oh, he made the Brown Bunny. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, Brown. He made the Brown Bunny. That's like oh, a yeah. famous film. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen that. I, oh yeah. I've, I've never seen one. one of his movies. So. Mm-hmm. But that's like one I know about. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm uh, curious to see what this is. It's it on uh, iTunes. So that's probably cool. where oh, I'm gonna awesome. get it. I don't know if it's no every direct, region, just cut but... or any of that nonsense. Uh yeah, I think there's only one version. I don't. 
I don't think there's any okay. alternate versions or anything. So who knows? I don't know what I'm in for, but I've I guess I need to see one of his movies at some point anyway. So Christina Ricci's in it. Yeah. So that should mm-hmm. <laughs> should make things interesting. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Buffalo sixty six, everybody. Uh if you don't want to be spoiled for Buffalo sixty six, the next episode, watch it. Before the episode's out, we release episodes every two weeks. You can get them a little earlier than that if you support us on Patreon or on our website, sardonicast.com. Sign up for premium, $2 a month. You'll get these episodes early when they're edited. Also, on Patreon, it's the same thing. Also, we got merch. It's almost Christmas. Get the merch. Your grandma needs a Sardonicast shirt. What are you thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was a a really good... Discussion on the Matrix. Um, yeah. yeah, I enjoyed it. That was dank. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> bye bye everybody. Thanks for listening. So long. Peace. Thanks everybody.